guys, welcome back to another episode of MLS Now Podcast. My name is David. We are back with another episode. I keep saying we. I am back. Gavin's not here. We are doing uh, episodes on different teams. I did one on FC Cincinnati. Gavin did one on New England Revolution. Check it out if you haven't. I'm excited for this one. Sam is joining me. He's our correspondent for New York City FC. His handle is NYCFC. Sam, did I pronounce that right? Yes, that's correct. All right, Sam. Man, this is has been a long time coming. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm excited to have you on. Um, I I appreciate you joining the team. First of all, I was really excited to have you on, and I know you keep up with the team a lot. Um, and I know there's a lot of things going on around New York City FC. The kits just dropped. I'm not sure how you're feeling about the jersey. Uh, yeah. All that, but we'll get into that. First of all, man, thank you. How are you feeling? How was the off season? How is it going into the season now? We got what, like 42 days left? Yeah, um, not long at all. I believe the season starts on April 17th, and we have a few, uh, we being New York City FC, have a few preseason games coming up, um, most of which are still TBD as to who we'll be facing, but really looking forward to uh, the season getting kicked off. It's been an interesting off offseason uh, in a few ways, but uh, for the most part, there I think there's quite a lot to look forward to the last two episodes that i've had and like i mentioned i had uh, cincinnati uh, gavin had new england revolution we both asked about the previous season new york city fc last season finished in fifth place 12 wins eight losses three ties 37 goals uh favor 25 against 12 differential how was last uh, last off season last season for you sorry um you did lose a player all right uh, and alone we're talking about uh Mitrita. We're talking about Mitrita, sorry. He yes. was killing it for you guys. He was killing it at the beginning, and then the loan happened, and then everything was confusing. Um, but yeah, I've, how would you describe last season? In summary, a roller coaster, but I think everyone experienced a roller coaster in different ways. Um, you know, the season started off with Maxime Cheneau getting a red card against Columbus, the ultimate, you know, champions in the end of the season. Um you know, and that was the third minute in the very beginning of the season after coming off of uh, our early um, Champions League games, I believe it was, where we actually looked pretty good and had scored quite a few goals, um, including Hebert and, and Tati. Um, but, you know, in total, I would say it was roller coaster in, in quite a few ways. Um, there was a lot of roster shifting, um, you know, sort of going back to Matriza leaving. I think that was largely for personal reasons, and though he was performing well, his position was often occupied by Alex Ring, who had been shifted away from the playing number six because, you know, um, basically James Sands had started to claim that spot, and the Sands-Keaton duo really started to take shape, and I think, you know, Matrice is leaving while for personal reasons he also you know maybe at that point was starting to get the minutes but throughout the season had been a little bit neglected and, and left on the bench by Ronnie Dyla. Now now let's get into the roster some of the players that, that you guys currently have and one of the players that I've always wanted to talk about was uh, Nicolás Acevedo. He was yeah. awarded I'm, I'm gonna say it in Spanish he was awarded Joven Talento which is young young talent in 2019 by the Uruguayan uh, Soccer Federation. Mm-hmm. He Still young, 21 years old. What 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 do you want to see from him this season? I know he didn't get many minutes, he didn't get many games, only played 12 games last season. Yeah. Um, but what is it that you want to see from him, or what do you, what do you think the club still wants to see from him in a way to develop or make that next step? Yeah, 
I think it uh, really comes down to him getting the chances. Um, unfortunately, last year he wasn't really given that. Um, I think the most important thing that I'd like to see from him is to fill, you know, whether that's Keaton or uh, James Sands' shoes seamlessly. I think that's the most important part that he fits into that. He's essentially, you know, the third man in that duo um, and can step in for either one and allow, you know, the coach some flexibility to both rest our players because, you know, we do have uh, some, you know, a fairly depth, uh, a fairly deep midfield, but there's definitely, it's not as deep as it was going into last year where, you know, we were put in a situation where Alex Ring was playing left wing for several games. Um, but yeah, ultimately uh, with Acevedo, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. The little bit we did see of him, uh, he played well. I think the most important thing for him will just be to make sure to keep a level head. That was the one thing while watching him. He did look a little bit maybe anxious. And uh, so just, you know, seeing him mature, be more comfortable in a new place with um, the teammates will be a little bit less new to him. Uh, So just really looking forward to seeing him get comfortable and fit into the system. Now, stay with the midfield. You have Jesus Medina, a 23-year-old DP. Nice ball to Ever Medina. Golazo! He's had some MLS experience already. He's been with the club since 2018. Um, he, I don't want to say inconsistent. Um, you know, he's he's been in the midfield. He doesn't get injured much. But as a DP, uh, third year, fourth fourth year, sorry, going into the league now, um, you have to kind of help, uh, for example, Maxi Morales control that midfield a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know that he's the player to do that. I think he's strongest, you know, playing on the left wing. Dyla definitely played him a little more centrally. Um, oh, I said the left wing. I meant actually the right wing. And uh, I think, you know, Dyla started playing him a little more centrally last year, and it yielded some results. I mean, the kid can shoot, but, you know, we're talking about probably the most controversial NYCFC player right now um, and has been almost since his arrival. He has... You know, moments of greatness and then periods of disappearing on the field. And, uh, you know, I think most uh, the biggest frustration for most NYCFC fans is that he's also a DP and, you know, that we expect a little bit more out of someone with that title. Yeah, it, it comes in the MLS. Once you name anybody a DP, MLS yep. fans in general just expect big things. Yeah, I mean, especially considering our first three DPs were who they were. Um and to be clear, that's Davia, Pirlo, and Lampard. Um, you know, I think it's also New York City is a city that loves its stars. You know, fans, New York fans want that big star here. They think we deserve it. And, um, yeah, you know, with Medina, I still think there's room for him to improve. I'm hoping that he has a great season. You know, every time I've been to a game where he does well, it's really fun and you know, we get the thank you Jesus chants going, which is always a good <laughs> um, Even my six-year-old mother really enjoys that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. Um, do, do you feel like uh, this season, um, and, you know, I hope for every player to have a great season, but do you feel like if, if Medina doesn't have not an outbreak season, but at least an average season, that DP situation might be come down to a TAM deal or, or 
do you see him maybe change maybe the club wanted to change that dp situation could be wrong but i think he already has the dp title removed the dp tag he's already been exempt from within his contract this year i'm pretty oh, sure all right yeah all right I, i got it um from from the uh first team on new york city fc's website today and i saw that they still have him under dp well, I, maybe they still haven't uh they, they haven't updated the page well Now, let's assume that he is and if he is um you know i would say at the very least he has to improve on what he's already done to to keep that i think you know if they have the chance to get him below the dp threshold uh they should and i believe they will i also wouldn't be totally surprised if you know they manage to sell him to a different team but you know i really do enjoy watching him so i kind of hope they don't at least not yet now a player i think we all enjoy watching is maxi morales maxi morales uh that 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 i must say that little guy right that he he can do wonders with that ball the the assist the vision that we've seen over the last couple of months Morales is in behind here Blake off his line this could seal it what a finish from Maxi Morales the Philadelphia Union back three caught going forward the ball in behind and Morales might have punched a ticket into the Eastern Conference semi-finals super goal he's back he's healthy I did see a rumor though where he says he wants to retire in Argentina, right? And I believe he's like about 33 years old, 32 years old. And there was a rumor going on at the Argentinian um, outlet saying maybe this might be his last year, things like that. But the man is a legend. I consider him a legend, especially for New York City FC. 103 games, 49 assists, 21 goals. How important is it to have Maxi healthy? The most important, especially this year. Um, you know, I think last year. We long term, the team almost benefited from him not being there. I don't think we were ever going to win the cup last year. Um, and the rest of the team sort of had to take on that load and, you know, it proved challenging. Um, but when you look at the stats, you know, we had uh, the third highest or is actually second highest XG in the league. Um, and so, you know, just uh, he but ultimately he's critical. Um Without Maxi, there's so much less creativity. He definitely didn't look quite the same when he came back, but you can you can only expect so much with all the time he spent off. But give you know, assuming he's back to his typical form and is comfortable and healthy, you know, having Maxi healthy on the field is probably the most important thing. You know, po most important player on the field as the roster is right now. That being said, you know, some of the rumors. Uh, have me thinking they, you know, are taking his age into consideration, taking what's next into consideration, and, you know, are looking at some players that could potentially fill his shoes, or at now, least uh, adequately. Now, the uh, the players that can benefit a lot from Maxi, right, are Jesus Medina, of course, he can learn a lot from him, but you also have uh, the strikers, and we're moving up to the strikers, which is finished with the midfield. Sure. Let's talk about Heber Dos Santos. Uh, I love watching Heber play. Uh, he has so much talent. I know last season, I believe he was injured. He got injured. He had a bad injury. 2019, when his first season, 22 matches. Uh, I think he debuted in April. Scored 15 goals, four assists in his first season. He's back. He's healthy. He's hungry. Uh, you have Maxi healthy. You have Herbert healthy. You guys should be excited to see the uh, both both of them connect. Rick Sands, Matarita calls for Eber. And that's the finish of a proper Brazilian striker. His first goal for New York City FC. 
and maybe this is the day. And, and now here comes New York City. Morales. Sands right back to Maxi. Opportunity here, edge of the area. Steps inside. Maxi the shot off of Rowe, off the post, and Ebert finishes it up. It is 1-1. The ingenuity of Maxi Morales, the tenacity of Ebert, and it's an equal match. Absolutely, and even Tati in the mix, too. Um, they play well together. You know, first of all, if Ebert happens to listen to this, shout out to him. He's been, you know, sharing his progress, and, you know, we're all really excited to see him gain his strength back. We have no doubt he's going to come back stronger. Um, and, yeah, you know, that that tandem is definitely special. Um, if you don't know, Ebert's from Brazil, and, you know, he has the total Brazilian flair, and he's and vision and composure and smile and dance and everything, you know, he's he's electric. Um, And, you know, he's one of those stories that you just really appreciate. You know, he used to be Roberto Firmino's roommate back in Brazil in his young days. And, you know, obviously their careers have taken very different paths, but, um, you know, you sort of see the roots there and, um, you know, while different, they're quite similar. And, you know, he offers a lot to the squad in both his movement and goal scoring and even passing and playmaking. He's he's really exciting. And, you know, him and Maxi typically pair up really well. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, Castellano, Valentin Castellano. I feel like you know by now how big I am on him. Yes, uh, I, do. I, <laughs> I I love watching Castellano play. I know uh, last year was, I feel like, he took it kind of personal last year with having Maxi out, with having Hebert out, and everybody was looking at him. And he he did have his games where he did shine. I think he had a game where he had scored a hat trick, um, and he showed up big time. But he's still very young, 23 years old, uh, 14 starts last season, six goals, three assists. Uh, he he's being watched. We all know this. Uh, you guys know this. You know this. There's teams watching him. This offseason, there was rumors, big rumors of him maybe going on a loan to Brazil. I know you probably didn't like that. But, I mean, we're both right to be big on Castellano. He has a lot of talent. On to it, Maxi Morales drives it out into space, left-hand side. This is the Brazilian, Ebert. He's got a 40 right up the middle. Ebert, top of the box, slides it ahead. A 40 doesn't get there, but sliding in. Kick it. Tati Castellanos with a wonderful slide and finish. But what about that pass from Ebert? Most impressive thing we're going to see this season, at least through the first half. Ring time, the pass. Castellanos! Stutter! Yeah, tons. He's gushing talent. I mean, you know, I I have a little bit of a ritual where I like to go early to games and watch them warm up, and he's one of the players that's always one of the mo- more fun wa- to watch, um, not to mention actually in games. But, you know, I think it's a really good point you made of he took his role on the team personally last season. Um, and, you know, I think he at least tried to put a lot of the weight on his shoulders where he could. Um you know, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He does that cool. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but he does the cool like leg trick where he kicks the ball. He'll shoot that way. He'll pass that way. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things to watch live. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I definitely was a bit concerned when I saw rumors of him leaving uh, already. Uh, I believe it was the rumor was that he was going to Palmeiras on loan, um, which, you know, is great for him like if he ended up doing that all the power to him um i understand why he might do that but uh, i'm really glad to hear that he's staying and you know 
I really look forward to him pushing for that starting spot because as great as Eber is, I could see Tati actually superseding him in that role. Absolutely. I mean, he has 42 starts in in total, 18 goals, 10 assists. There's a lot of talent in him, and there's a, a lot of good players around him that can help him improve even more. And going back to, to Maxi, Maxi has a lot of experience and can help him a lot and develop his game, develop his vision. And uh-huh. it, it must be really good to have a player like Maxi there with you to, to help you along the way as well. A hundred percent. And, you know, they clearly have a very close relationship, you know, through social media or I think even the team has posted um, articles on it. You know, Tati will go over there for holidays, for dinner. They were quarantining together in the very beginning of uh, the COVID situation. And, you know, I think he sees him as a big brother, both on and off the field. And I know Maxi has makes a habit of being welcoming to new players and, you know, making... Uh, Using making use of that Argentinian grill he got for his birthday the last <laughs> years and um, yeah so you know I have no doubt that their relationship you know also both being Argentinian is is definitely important to Tati and you know maybe we'll keep him here a bit longer than you know otherwise he would have. Now the players that I mentioned, uh, Sam, mm-hmm. Jesus Medina, Maxi Morales, uh, Heber, Castellano, those are exciting players to watch. That's that's a fast, smart attack. And if they can click, you guys can become one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, I think just that's the big thing is, will they click beyond what they have already? I mean, last season, they're generally were scoring woes. And, you know, you could attribute a big part of that to missing Eber and, and Maxi. Um, but at the same time, we had 11 men on the field, two of which you just mentioned. And... You know, that also includes Matriza and Alex Ring had a good year in scoring wise. We still have Tinnerholm on the field. So, you know, ultimately it is about people clicking. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing someone like Malta Amundsen join the squad and, you know, who's replacing Matarita and uh, at left back. And, you know, so I think there's some new pieces also that'll uh, hopefully factor into that, including in the attack, um, the young and uh, Jason, Andres Jason. Uh, who did really well last year in preseason. I don't know if you know much about him, but uh, he initially had said he wanted to go to Yale to to start off his career playing co- college soccer. And uh, ultimately, because of the pandemic, I think he's sorted out a situation where he gets to do both. He's taking classes, and he also got to be able to sign with the first team for New York City. So he's a player I'm really excited to see. He can play right wing i think he could play striker probably could play left wing but he him and uh de rosario did really well in our last preseason um so i would definitely be looking forward to seeing how he fits into the mix as well now you have another homegrown uh that you mentioned already uh james sand 20 years old 16 games played 16 games started there is a lot of buzz around him as well everybody likes to watch him play we all know, and and this is gonna be. I was gonna ask a dumb question, saying uh, asking you, do you feel like he's gonna get more minutes? I feel like he is gonna get more minutes, but I don't feel that like he's gonna stay long in New York City FC. Do you have that same feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really big year for James Sands ultimately, uh, and its implications for his playing future uh, and prospective, you know, move to Europe. Um, I think it means a lot for him to do have a chance at making a U.S. men's national team roster spot. And, you know, I think at this point, honestly, I think he's sort of solidified his starting spot 
on the NYCFC squad. And so now, you know, I think first and foremost, he just needs to get through the season healthy. However, he can do that. He's had some really unfortunate, you know, freak injuries the last couple of years um, that have really, you know, every time he sort of hits his stride, something seems to happen. So, you know, if there was one wish I had for this season, it's that James Sands makes it all the way through healthy and can start to think seriously about what his next steps are. All right, so we talked about the players that are with with the club. Let's talk about the players that left. Uh, there was two players that uh, caused a little buzz on MLS Twitter, and especially buzz between New York City FC fans, and that's Ring and Matarita leaving. Matarita yeah. uh, being, I'm not sure which one was. I think, from in my perspective, Ring, Ring. I was gonna say Ring, uh, Ring was the was the biggest one because how constantly he started, how mm-hmm. constantly he was a presence in the midfield. Yeah. Who and this might be a tough question for you, but who do you feel that the, the team's gonna miss the most out of those two? Um, I think Ring. Quick throw in for New York City. Alex Ring turns and shoots, and it's in. The captain delivers in his 3-2 New York City. What a goal by Alex Ring. For a few reasons. Uh, Ring was our captain. First captain, or second captain, first since David Villa. And, uh, you know, there's more to it also. You know, that guy gave his all every game. uh, And it was very evident from the moment he joined the team. He gave it everything. Um, and you know what else can you want as a fan other than that? Um, he clearly, you know, cared. He clearly, you know, was a leader and well-respected on the team, um, not just by players, but by the staff. And so, you know, his departure, it hurt a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think it made sense for all parties involved, especially given um, what New York City received in return, which was like a million dollars in allocation money, a large sum. So, you know, they were never going to be able to get more than that for him. Um, so why not take it when they could? Um, and, you know, for him, he's going to sort of familiar, though unfamiliar surroundings. Claudio Reyna's there. Brad Stuver's there. Ben Sweat's there. Um, you know, he's not going to an entirely... Uh, new place for himself so you know Austin seems like a great city unfortunately I've never visited myself though I I was supposed to and COVID got in the way and uh, yeah so you know ultimately I think he'll probably be the one that the club misses the most and you know one other thing to mention is you know he was a culture guy you know I'll never forget there was a scene with uh, where they were showing them walking the tunnel and his daughter like fakes out the Red Bull player for a high five or something. And that was, you know, she instantly became an NYCFC legend herself. So, you know, so there's a lot of layers to Alex Ring and what he meant to NYCFC and, and its fan base. Now, uh, the players that we mentioned, uh, who, who are you looking at to make that big step this season? For example, everybody in the podcast who listens to the podcast knows I'm a DC United fan. Yep. And I'm looking at Edison Flores, right? Uh, I want him, I want to see what steps he takes, I want to see what role. What bigger role he can he can make for DC United? Is there a player that you want to keep an eye out on that maybe that you want to see him take the next step, uh, maybe as a leader or just take advantage of those minutes uh, or make that difference in, in games? Yeah, um, I think we've spoken about a few already. The the main one that comes to mind it may not be on the scoring side, but James Sands. I really would love to see him. You know, he's our first homegrown signing. Um, 
you know, I, he's now probably not, uh, 20 or so, 21. Um, you know, so he's been around the club for a few years uh, as a first team player. You know, I think if he wants to prove that he's ready to move to Europe, um, I think he's the one who really has to be a difference maker. And, you know, that may come largely on the defensive side. You know, I'm looking forward to him getting a goal or two. Uh, I think he has it in him. Um, and so, you know, he's one player that if he can take that step, I don't expect him to be with, with us very long, but I expect him to do big things for the club if he does. Now, Sam, I've always wanted to ask a New York City FC fan a question, or this question, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just... Is is the view of the stadium that bad in person, of the field? I would say not where I sit, uh, <laughs> but where I sit is sort of the closest to a normal soccer stadium seat that you can sit in, uh, section 110, for anyone listening and knows the reference. But um, Does yeah, it bother I'm, you at all, all those comments uh, about the field? Yeah, of course, uh, especially from you know fans or players or whoever it is from rival clubs, you know. I it really pissed me off when Carlos Vela score, you know, came back uh, against us at Yankee Stadium and he did the baseball swing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure even if you, you know, do the GIF search on Twitter, you type in NYCFC, I think that comes up and it's just, it's rough. Um, you know, that that stuff's never fun, but you know, there's been some really good reporting on the stadium efforts, um, specifically from this guy uh, Chris Campbell who writes for. Um, the outfield, which, you know, has been one of my favorite NYCFC publications. They do a great job. And this guy went really in depth. And, you know, my understanding of the situation is they know what they have to do. Some of it is out of their control. Um, But, you know, from what I've read, they're in a phase where they're engaging the community and trying to understand, you know, how they can design not just the stadium, but the area around the stadium that would be included in the project to be, best suited for the people in that community and I, I you know from what they're saying that seems to be their intention and you know dealing with real estate in new york is especially you know a- any any uh area of new york is just much more difficult than almost any other you know city in the world it's it's congested there's tons of different competing interests um in this case there's someone who owns the space that doesn't want to get rid of it um you know, so there's all these different factors, but, you know, I am confident they're going to get it done. It's obviously not in the timeline that we wanted, but ultimately, you know, I'm sure it'll end up being beautiful and we'll all really enjoy watching games there. Now, I've read a lot of comments in a couple of articles where some fans uh, feel, I don't want to use the word abandoned, but maybe neglected by, by the ownership or by uh, Manchester City or by the Yankees because, you know, they're partners in the team. Do you, as a New York City FC fan, do you feel that they they have, uh, were they right in a way to to feel neglected by those big teams, big owners? Yeah, I understand the feeling. Um, I think when a organization like CFG owns a team, there's a certain expectation of where they'll fall on the sort of spending rankings, and you know NYCFC right now is on the middle of the in the middle of the pack, and you know I think part of that is. Um, the team's strategy, you know, they've publicly said this, is they try and find value players, people like Bear, who, you know, maybe didn't cost them very much, but is highly effective. Um, and they, you know, they have the advantage of having access to resources like CF, uh, CFG's scouting team and tools that, you know, a lot of other teams, they don't have that. They have to build that from scratch in some shape, way, or form. 
So, you know, I think some of the value is probably harder to see uh, that we, you know, and the cooperation that we get from CFG is a little harder to see. But, um, you know, in these times, I, I think we all have to sort of manage our expectations. This did sort of precede the whole COVID situation, uh, a lot of these sentiments. But, you know, I, I imagine there's a plan there. Um, you know, I imagine as stadium efforts ramp up, spending efforts will ramp up on the team also. And, you know, I think for now, I'm more focused on really like the team itself. And, you know, I still think they have a chance of competing. You know, I think there may be two or three pieces away and those may not, not even be starters. They could be backups. Um, you know, we really need someone to back up Maxi, you know, from being really competitive. We, we did do pretty well last year. You know, we still finished fifth, um, at least in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, there were ups and downs, but I think there's a lot to look forward to and it should be a fun season. Now, uh, you mentioned that uh, there's maybe two or three moves that need to be made. What areas do you want to see the team work on still? Uh, maybe in bringing in a backup, or like you mentioned, for Maxi, or, sure. uh, or or who knows, maybe another champ deal or, or anything. What area do you want to see the team focus on to, to fix? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important is having someone that can play behind Maxi. Um, as I mentioned, you know, there's one player that's being rumored as potentially already signed, uh, Zhao um, Rojas, and who's an Ecuadorian player. and uh, Around $2 million, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or yeah. 1.2 million, something like that. Yeah, I saw I saw originally 1.8, then I saw 2.8. So you know, there's a lot of news going around, but um, you know, he he's a really interesting player. I read a really interesting uh, scouting report on him uh, by this guy named Jerome, and um, his handle is Jerome TP5. If you want to check it out, I also retweeted it on my Twitter. It's it's pretty in depth. Um, he goes into some detail about the player, but you know, in summary, um, while he has some development, you know, he's still only 23. He seems like he could be that guy, um, not only to uh, fill in for Maxi, but potentially Matriza as well. You know, there are some rumors that he, he being Matriza, could potentially uh, return to New York City before his loan expires because the team apparently isn't paying his salary. <laughs> uh, so, you know, my ideal situation is Matriza comes back. We get this Rojas guy, and he sort of fits in. He's almost like a Medina where he can play on the left, instead of the right wing, the left wing, and play in that number 10 spot. Um, and so that's definitely an area I sort of see a need for. Also on the left wing, we do need a player there. Um, I don't know who are, who would start there right now, uh, assuming we play in that formation. Even if it's a 4-2-3-1, who's on that left side is kind of unclear right now. It could be Tati, it could be Aber. Aber used to play on the wing, um, but it's not clear right now. So we definitely need um, more depth in that position, which is odd because I feel like la- you know, the last couple of years we've had too many wingers. Um, so yeah. Now uh, your coach, uh, Ronnie Dela. Yes. Uh, the beginning of the season, well, the, when he was first appointed, uh, I'll be straight up honest with you. I saw a lot of comments that weren't too excited about him, and it did take a while for the team to click a bit. And for the team to start getting the wins and start scoring, and it was frustrating in the beginning, but it looks like he has a he has a, a plan and a system now that he knows what players can perform for him on the field, and that's what I always tell people when a new coach comes in and doesn't know much about the MLS or the players, you have to give that team, or I'm sorry, you have to give that coach time to understand what kind of players he has with him, because it is true the MLS players 
kind of different from any other player you you we would see in Europe. And now that he has a system, you, you guys should be really excited to see what he can do with with the squad that he has. Yeah, I mean, I like Ronnie Dalla. I met him in person actually once uh, when he first arrived. I went to one of the fan events, and he was really nice guy. Um, clearly a little overwhelmed because you know he had just come to New York and was meeting all these people. And this was just before, um, again, like before sort of the COVID shutdowns happened. But, you know, one thing to consider is this guy didn't even play in Yankee Stadium until, I think, the fall. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but it was he was not, you know, he could never really get settled. Um, and dealing with that, plus all the COVID stuff, plus, you know, a new team, a new environment, um, Spanish-speaking players when he's from Norway, I'm sure he doesn't Injuries, know. all of that. The injuries they suffered, et cetera, right? The, he was navigating a minefield. So I think, you know, you have to give him some credit there. Um, I think the other skepticism also comes from came from the fact of the pre- his predecessor. You know, by the time Dome left, you know, he, he had a rocky start also. But, you know, I think people loved him and understood his system and what he was trying to accomplish and saw the results of it, right? Um, so, you know, I do have a lot of faith in Ronnie Dyla. I think he can be a really inspirational coach from what I've seen. Um, I think he genuinely cares about people, uh, which is a good thing. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, whatever his master plan is for that to come to fruition this year. Now, I have two or three more questions for you. But before I get into that, anything you want to share or any, any players that you feel might be coming or rumored? Well, uh, I did mention Jao Rojas, um, who, again, is the Ecuadorian attacker and attacking midfielder. Um and the only other one that we sort of have been hearing about recently is this guy, Florin Tanase. I think I'm saying his uh, name right. And he plays for Stal Bucharest. And there's some interesting stuff happening there. Um, he, you know, he's actually a player that seems pretty high caliber. You know, if you compare him to Mitri, who's playing, Mitrica, who's playing in the same league as him when he came to NYCFC, Mitrica had, I believe it was like, 13 goals, four assists uh, when he joined NYCFC uh, and that in the previous season, rather. Um, and Florin Tanase currently has 15 goals and three assists in 20 games. Wow. So, you know, he, he seems like um, an effective player. I watched some of his highlights. From what I could see, it seemed like he'd fit in nicely to the MLS. He could be that guy that fills in for Maxi, plays maybe that left-sided attacking midfielder, if they go with the 4-2-3-1 formation. Uh, the thing that's interesting about him is um, the owner of Stal Bucharest actually said that there is no offer. It was originally reported that there was a 4.8 million US dollar offer for Florin. Um, but the owner, whose name is Gigi Bacali, uh, said that basically there isn't that offer. And if it was, it would have to be at least 5 million euros. So a little bit north of sort of the number we were hearing. Um, it's just interesting that sort of there's this trend this offseason of us hearing about NYCFC transfers and then the information tends to be wrong. Um, so, you know, th- where, you know, you compare that to other teams and typically those rumors sort of pan out. So from the same sources. So, you know, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, ultimately, you know, I'm hoping that messy transfer comes through, man. <laughs> City, you know, two, we'll wait out for two years and then we'll have messy to ourselves for two years, which would be really nice. Um, but you know, other than that, that's sort of what I've heard. Um, but I have no doubt 
you know, their team is working hard to figure out what's possible in this in this situation. And, you know, it is a little discouraging, I, I'm not going to lie, to see all these other teams be able to bring in a huge range of caliber, caliber players from all over the place, uh, especially South America. And we haven't really made any of those moves. Um, but that being said, you know, there's still time. And, you know, there's the summer transfer window as well. So Now, uh, you guys have made some pretty good runs in the playoffs. W- what's missing? What's missing to make that deep run? Well, I would argue we haven't really because typically we've only won, I think, one playoff game. And that was against Philly last year. And... Um, that being 2019 not 2020 and it's hard to say what's missing you know um is it mentality is it preparedness i was at that game when we lost to toronto while playing at city field and that that hurt you know there was it physically hurt losing that game um this year actually watching the game against orlando i was watching with a friend and he was like, you are a strange sports fan. And I asked him why. And he's like, you are way too calm for this situation. And we're watching, you know, the penalties uh, <laughs> where their keeper gets the red card and their right back comes on. And, you know, but I said to him, you know, first of all, games against Orlando are always chaos. Every single one is a draw or near draw or goes to penalties or overtime or whatever it is. Every single matchup against Orlando, you know, you're in for a wild ride. Uh but, you know, ultimately, it's like I didn't expect them to win. Orlando was really good last year, and as good as we were, I didn't think we had the mental edge. And so I can't, I don't have the golden ticket answer here, but I think it's a mentality thing. I think ultimately, they, when they get to that point, they need to start believing they deserve to move on. And, you know, I think we did feel that way in the game against Toronto, and their experience in the playoffs just sort of led them to be more sure-minded and ultimately get that last-minute goal that they did. Now, sticking with the 2021 season, uh, what are what are your expectations? Uh, being honest, do you do you want? Of course, you know everybody wants playoffs, but do you want to see that deep run? Do you want to see uh, that depth uh, of the team has work? What are you looking for this season in New York City FC? I mean, it's always silverware. It doesn't matter where it comes from either. I think winning one of the competitions should be their main priority. Um, Obviously, I think making playoffs is sort of the minimum requirement for an okay season. Um, I don't necessarily expect them to win the MLS Cup, but potentially, you know, U.S. Open or something of the sort. Now, it it should be a very challenging season because a lot of the the teams, especially here, well, not especially in the East, but a lot of the teams in general in the MLS really went out and got talented players, um, which... I mean, the MLS is known for not getting um, that many defensive players. We're, we like the attack more. We like the goals more. Uh, that, that's that's what we used to. But it'll be interesting. I mean, you guys have a great midfield and a great strikers. And if, like I mentioned earlier, if they can click and if they can get going, you you guys, I mean, you guys should be set. And you have a great keeper as well. Yeah, I mean, I think Sean Johnson is up there. You know, one of the best in the league. Um, his stats prove it every year. Whips it across. Sean Johnson gets a hand to it. What a save by Sean Johnson. Well, he's had a couple, and uh, not more important than this one. Uh, not quick react- uh, I think Dome saw something in him and recognized sort of the value of having a strong keeper in the league. I think also Vieira recognized that when he brought him on. Uh, 
yeah so i mean look anything's possible um and we have the players to do it and again i think it really boils down to you know mentality is do they believe they can do it you know i i believe they can i uh, it, it all it takes is, as you're saying, something to click and ro- whatever Ronnie Dyla's message is to get across to everyone. You know, I think my bigger concerns really boil down to right now depth. They're they're not an incredibly deep team at every position, like we sort of have been the last couple seasons. Um, even barring injuries, we you know we had some depth in sort of every area of the field. Um, but you know, this team is really exciting. We have extremely talented players sort of in every position. Um, so, you know, the sky's the limit. You Absolutely. Know, I, 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 we, we could easily be there in the finals. Like I've sort of envisioned every year. Um, am I as confident as I have been maybe in years past? Let, not so much, but, you know, I have faith in the boys. I, you know, I would love to see Tati really, you know, start to break that 15 goal barrier. Um, I'd love to see a bear match it. You know, I'd love to see a little competition between them, you know, um, Maxi back in full form, you know, he, he didn't really seem as confident at the end of last year. I don't know if it was coming off an injury or, you know, and just having all that time off, but seeing him back in his full, uh, sort of confidence and full form and James Sands back and Keaton started playing really well. You know, Keaton was a player that was really interesting to watch, um, because, his confidence came in and went and when he was confident he played well he dominated games he's a big dude you know he takes for every you know three of his you know every one of his strides some players are taking three a player like maxi is taking three strides to keep up with him so you know he has a lot of promise as well um so if all these guys can just sort of get used to playing with each other um i believe we have it looked like five or six preseason games which is quite a lot uh, so I think that's ample time for them to sort of hit the ground running and um, really have a good season ahead of them. Should be should be really interesting to see them uh, uh, play this season. And I know everybody's sh- not used. They shouldn't be used to the whole playing without fans and all that because it sucks. But that's the new norm for right now. And some stadiums are going to allow fans back in. But you guys have a great squad, man. And let's see if you guys can sign two or three more players. And best of luck to you guys coming up, and you should be busy uh, covering the team, man. It, it's exciting to read your stuff. If the if the listeners want to read your stuff or want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah, um, so my Twitter handle is NYCFCist. That's N-Y-C-F-C-I-S-T. And uh, I post every once in a while on MLSNowPodcast.com, so you feel free to go there uh, to read what I've wrote, what I've written. And it's also available. I usually tweet it. Um, to make it available to anyone who's following me. So feel free to follow me or uh, provide any feedback on what I've written or said here uh, in this podcast. Looking forward to engaging with you all. Definitely, guys. Uh, check it out. Make sure to follow him. Sam, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, we should do this more often. Yeah. It's fun. Um, best of luck this season. Yeah.